You're listening to Integrating Sacred Wisdom Podcast. I call on the guardian of the East, Raphael, element of air, come and be welcomed. Call upon the guardian of the South, Michael, element of fire, come and be welcomed. I call on the guardian of the West, Gabriel, element of water, come and be welcomed. I call on the guardian of the North, Uriel, element of earth, come and be welcome. And we are your hosts. I'm Kelly Hauk, founder of Sacred Arts Sanctuary in West Sedona and also Heart Space Retreats. And I am Priscilla Hadway, founder of Sacred Remembering Sound Healing in Sedona, Arizona and ascensionprovisions.com. I'm Matthew David Cummings with Above So Curio and Purify by Fire. And I'm Anna Marsanovich with Heart Space Retreats in Sedona and also High Desert Healing, Massage and Bodywork. Hi everyone and welcome back to Integrating Sacred Wisdom. Today we're going to be talking about empowerment and harnessing your personal power. So we hear a lot about empowerment and personal power these days. They seem to be buzzwords that are popping up everywhere. But today we'd like to talk about what empowerment means in a spiritual sense and what we can do to feel empowered in our spiritual practice. Yeah, so when we go into personal power in a spiritual sense, it's, you know, there's seems to be a direct correlation between spiritual awakening and our inner power so we focus a lot on energy in the spiritual world and where is our energy going you know our energy field like the uh, the health of our energy field our chakras all of these different things we talk a lot about boundaries and about manifesting and all of these things have a direct correlation to our personal power right So what does it look like to exercise your own personal power to feel empowered and strong? What are some of the things that someone who's empowered would do on a regular basis? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, you have to keep in mind that you do have power in your life, um, the ability to have um control over your life and the ability to make decisions for yourself and so empowerment has a lot to do with the fact that you are the most important person in your life and to be making decisions based on that knowledge i think you know on a flip side to that though um we touched on this a little bit but surrendering is can also be a form of empowerment is to realize that you're you're a sovereign being and that you're okay no matter what happens and just letting up control realizing that you aren't always in control um, can be a form of empowerment yeah for me personally feeling empowered that is a, a part of it is letting go of control um, but also on the flip side, not letting my emotions control me. And for me, what really helps is looking at situations as an observer instead of as a 
triggered, hyper-responsive, super hyper-sensitive emotional being. Um, pulling yourself into perspective. Yeah, perspective. Out of out of that you know, train of thought or yes. pigeonholing yourself into cyclical yes. thinking. Yeah. Right, because on the flip side, whenever I, I don't do that, that's when I, I begin to spiral and feel disempowered, feel out of control. So control is a really interesting subject because uh, surrender is very, very powerful and can be really liberating and make us feel very empowered. Um, but so can control in some ways. And, and I don't really like the word control. Maybe self-mastery yeah. is a better term mm. for it. Well, I think um, control... For me personally, it would be more about like claiming your personal power, like how how often are we shrinking ourselves and don't stand up for ourselves and let other people push you around. So that whole claiming the control of the situation and being able to claim that power and stand up for yourself is important. And it, I think it really is based off of your own shadow and what it is that's going on with you and reclaiming that power back because especially for someone like that has grown up in like abusive homes and things like that how often were we given the opportunity to ever really claim our power our power was constantly taken away from us as children and so being able to say hey I don't like that or hey I'm not going to do that um, is very difficult for a lot of people when they grow up in those type of situations because of the fact that they were never given those opportunities to be able to claim their power in situations and say no and be able to take control of those things. So yes, one is, you know, surrendering to outcomes and not trying to control everything that happens in your life to where um, you're micromanaging every tiny detail that ever comes up and you're trying to block whatever might come up. But another part of it is just saying, I have control of this situation and I don't have to be powerless in this and be able to claim my power in this situation and be able to stand up and say no. I think a lot of that has to do with finding value within yourself. And if you're not valuing yourself or your time or, um, you know, if you're not, yeah, again, not taking control over how you respond to the external so yeah I mean you surrender but then you have to have you're in control of your own response um, and to try to not be reactionary but rather productive and a lot of that is understanding where your boundaries are um, as opposed to self-worth and I think self-worth is a big part of being empowered um, but it's not something that comes naturally I think it's something that we have to define for ourselves and a lot of times that takes being out of control of some sort of external circumstance like you know um, going through something through childhood like you said um, but I think because of those aspects you may find that people that have gone through that have a better understanding of what their self-worth is because they've had to go through the process of building up uh, their self-worth and, and to really dive, deep down, dive down deep uh, and, and find out what that really entails. Um, 
I think the the term that we that I've heard hear a lot in the spiritual world is right relationship, right? We're talking about having a right relationship with power. So whether that's you know having that idea that I have to act ultra powerful, right? And dialing that back down to a right relationship with power or I am so uh, lacking power that I need to amp that up to find that right relationship, like that middle. And I think it's too, when we talked about, you know, there's so many parts of us that have a different relationship with power, you know, and it's like, okay, which part of us is trying to um, control the situation and feels they have to be hypervigilant, you know, which part of us is surrendering so much because they're overwhelmed with what's going on and so I think you can have all of those different aspects you don't have to peg yourself as like one or the other I think yeah there's different parts of us that we can work on their relationship to power those different aspects that we have I think it uh, you know just the process uh, I think we would all kind of go through the steps of of yeah going too far maybe with it or being too small with it because that's how you learn your yeah again boundaries i think mm-hmm. boundaries are something that are going to uh, is a subject we're going to come up uh, a lot with this um but you know a thing with boundaries is you have to test them so you're, you're going to fall on both sides of that extreme spectrum and that ultimately it brings you back to finding balance yeah because with boundaries creates balance And so, um, I mean, one of the most important things with what you were just talking about is definitely knowing your worth, um, understanding who you are, and understanding what you should and shouldn't tolerate. And that is very important when it comes to creating boundaries, when it comes to forming relationships, claiming your power, things like that, and also just taking responsibility for your life. understand that yeah there might be things that happen that are out of your control but it's up to you on how you respond to them and when you choose how you respond to your external world will help you create whatever personal power you're trying to get whether you're you're getting getting rid of that power or claiming it back yeah like finding finding power um is something that i don't know that anybody can define for you um so you see a lot of like self-help books or videos or whatnot usually the empowerment is has been narrowed down to certain genres right so it's being empowered at work being empowered in your relationship being empowered you know, to to exercise or lose weight or, you know, just something like that to, to really narrow it down to um, give people who are looking for a certain type of empowerment. Um, but spiritual empowerment, I think, is kind of above all, all of those things and, and can be found in any of those empowering ideas um, and, and or none of them at all. Because again, you have the the odd polarity where you have surrender, where uh, just the acceptance, yeah, maybe not surrender, but acceptance of not knowing uh, what what power is to you, or not being able to define it, and that simple act of 
acknowledging that you don't know is somehow empowering. Well, and what that takes is trust, right? It's trusting. You know, that's been a huge part of my self-empowerment journey, particularly starting very young. You know, I when I think about my teens and going into my 20s, you know, for sure, like that was a huge part of my path was trusting life in general. You know, I felt like I was always doing, quote unquote, all the right things, all the things that I was asked to do that I was supposed to do, you know, by society as a whole or, you know, family. And I mean, I wasn't perfect or anything, but on the whole, I was towing the line pretty, pretty intensely. (laughs) And um, I still felt like my life kept falling apart. Like I just couldn't hold on to anything. Everything was still going you know, the way I didn't want to, I didn't want it to. And so for me, my path, I feel like those things were put in place, all these really kind of crazy circumstances, you know, were put in place so that I could learn that no matter what's happening outside of me, no matter what life is bringing up, I'm okay. I learned really early on, I could survive all of these crazy, I mean, my car exploding, like, I mean, some really insane shit, <laughs> like, and, and as a teenager that I went through, just like, okay, but I'm okay, like, everything is okay, even if I have nothing, even if I'm turning 19 in a hotel room with everything I own and two lawn bags, you know, okay, I'm still okay, it just, it's just one of those, those things that life has continued to, to show me in different layers, And through that trust in life, because I wouldn't say there's any particular people, you know, that were causing things. It was literally everything, (laughs) you know, equally kind of upending things for me all the time. That, you know, I can go into situations with confidence knowing that I can carry myself and that no matter what happens, I'm okay. And it's just continued, you know, in layers to do that. And it, it helps us to lose our fear. I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of people would agree, you know, that the number one thing that we are afraid of is not actually failure, it's success, right? What would happen if we were actually empowered and successful and being everything that we are able to be our full potential, we're terrified of that because then what would that require of us? That would require a ton of energy, a ton of power to maintain our full potential, right? Which is why some people choose not to reach their potential because they don't have the power behind it, the energy behind it to to launch them to that place. And so um, the other majorly thing that we have as as humans our commonality is fear fear of all kinds of things because our brain creates these fears to keep us in our routine to keep us where it knows we have enough power to fuel something it knows that we you know can be enough in this one place but it doesn't understand the unknown and so if we want to push into the unknown then empowerment you know is the is the route to get there i I'm sorry. Um, what is a lawn bag? Uh, they are garbage <laughs> bags. 
They are garbage bags designed to hold long clippings. So okay. So not quite as small as a garbage can, okay. you know, but gotcha. not quite as big. As are they know. like the, the paper bag material? No, it's black plastic. Okay. Oh. Yeah, they <laughs> were black plastic. They both fit. I had like the w most random crap in them too, like candle holders, and, like all of my clothes. And like, because at 19, what do you own? Like really nothing, you know, leaving, leaving, especially I owned hardly anything because I was constantly moving from house to house anyway but i just i had to yeah. ask because <laughs> i had all sorts of different bags going through my mind yes and very for the life of me none of them were long garbage yeah. bags yeah i was imagining the paper bag <laughs> type yeah. ones i was like how did she move around with those yeah. um but yeah you touched on something really important which is the the unknown um that i think we are afraid of success for example because it's unfamiliar to us we know what it feels like to stay exactly where we are and we also know what it feels like to try and fail at certain things and then just kind of level out back to where we were um, but the fear of the unfamiliar i think paralyzes a lot of people from from trying to reach their full power trying to reach their full potential and that was a big lesson for me i feel like was and it still is, honestly, yeah. was, was Same trust. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was was trusting. I feel like I, I could always trust the universe. That's this big nebulous thing kind of outside of me. But for me, my issue was trusting myself. And and that goes back to self worth as well that we were talking about. And again, I I'm still kind of working on it and that takes a lot of deprogramming too. Because we hear these things in our head that tell us, oh, you can't do that, or you'll never get there. And you have to kind of analyze it as, is, is that true? Where does that come from? Is that just my programming? Do I need to hold on to that? You know, and that's where that objective thinking has, I think, been serving me well, because a lot of the times that voice that comes up, that's, it's just an illusion. Yeah. You know, it's not true. It's the stories we tell ourselves. It's stories. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and I think a lot of it also um, with the fear of un the unknown and reaching our fullest potential and having the energy to continue to function in our fullest potential, um, a lot of people are scared to do that because it's like, well, what if I am successful? What if I do get this? Or what if I bit off more than I could chew and I can't maintain this energy? But how many of or us fail, are... fail, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or fail. Yeah. But how many of us are afraid to actually just walk away? And what's wrong with just walking away from it? Mm. Nothing. Nothing. At least you tried it. Yeah, because when when you walk away from something that's no longer serving you, it is not that you are failing. It's the fact that it's no longer serving you. It's no longer in alignment with mm -hmm. whatever it is you need. So if whatever goal you're trying to reach you feel is your highest potential, what if you get up there? What if it's not your highest potential? What if your highest potential was somewhere else? Are you going to continue to hold on to that and be miserable or are you going to learn to walk away? Yeah, I've, I've heard stories of people that have succeeded so far above their expectations that they actually feel like they've failed because they're no longer doing the thing that they set out to do or they didn't mm. achieve um, to the level that they were expecting. So it's that expectation almost is is um, again another story that we tell ourselves that's 
conditional only by our own means. Um, you know, if you are really a sovereign being and, and really know yourself, um, you know, I don't, I don't think failure is even an option. Like you said, yeah, it's just, it's not failure if you're always moving towards your highest good. And I think, yeah, if you're in right relationship with your personal power, then failure is not something that even comes up because you're understanding that you're going, that it's not a job that you can have or a skill you can learn or, you know, that those are not the things that identify who you are. Those are not the things that you find empowering. It's it's the being human. It's living everyday life. It's learning and growing and, and constantly showing up for yourself you know, in every situation that comes up, I think that's what I see as reaching my highest potential is, is to not be abandoning myself when, you know, things get hard or difficult or a challenge at showing up for myself and, and allowing myself to go through all of the, the emotions that come with finding something in me that needs to be healed or learning some new level of what it is to be a human or a healer or a mother or a friend or a partner. Yeah, and oftentimes that thing that didn't pan out is not, it's not necessarily a failure. It's a lesson that needed to be learned. It's a mountain. I think of a things mountain. as like a mountain. Like you're climbing yeah. up, this is your goal, this is the mountain. You reach the top and then there's nowhere else to go but down. Yeah. And then you go to the next one and you climb back up it and you go to the top and you climb back down. So even with relationships or anything else, um, maybe it reaches its peak and that's all it needed. And then it's time to climb back down. Well, that kind of brings up um, self-worth again. Uh, I mean, uh, giving yourself the, the respect that you deserve to yourself for uh, going through the journey that you have done. So r respecting the journey and... and um, know being able to look backwards as well as forwards and seeing how far you've come and where you are now and where potentially where you will be well and also there's a huge difference between the part of yourself that is unhealed and the part of yourself that is healed so sometimes you know something that worked for you when you weren't healed is perfectly fine and then you continue to hold on to it after you heal and you keep dragging it out um, it was interesting that Someone mentioned to me the other day about how they hold on to a relationship that their inner child felt that they would have been safe with. Ooh. And when they finally released their inner child and healed their inner child, they realized that that relationship was no longer needed for them. But then how do they walk away? That's deep. Yeah. And so it was very fascinating, that perspective of that. And understanding that, you know, sometimes there's processes in your life that are there for you during those moments and know when to keep going and when to stop. And yeah. that's really reclaiming your power because you are no longer self-sacrificing yourself um, to a situation, a person, a thing that is no longer serving you. That's it served you at one time, but doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to serve you. That's why, you know, healing is, is never, uh, there's never... There's never, there's not an end date to healing. You know, there's no stopping point. Like you, no matter how far you've come, there's always um, a lesson that you've yet to learn. 
and that's something that I find consistently, especially in this field, over and over and over again. Uh, it doesn't matter how spiritual you think you are, or how far you've come, or how many books you've read, or you know how um, how many people you've helped. Uh, there's always going to be one more thing that uh, is a lesson to be learned, or uh, a part of yourself um, that you can discover or heal. Almost under the perspective of a master is never truly a master if he thinks that. He is done learning. We're always learning. We're always growing. We're always evolving. You should never consider yourself um, fully mastered at anything because there's always room for potential in any direction. And I know a lot of things that come with, up with my clients is, um, you know, when I mention to them that you are the most important person in your life, um, there's a lot of programming that is very difficult for a lot of people with that statement. There's a lot of pushback. Yeah. 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 And it's like a triggering well, statement. It's they say it's selfish, it's not the way that we should look at things because very much we have a culture where we self sacrifice and we're supposed to be giving to others. We're supposed to be, you know, the person there for others and all of that and that's great and all, but how are you able to be fully present with someone if you aren't the most important person in your life how are you able to give that I mean it's kind of like going on a plane and they say you know put the mask on yourself first before you put it on your child if the plane is going down because how are you going to be able to care for someone else if you're not caring for yourself mm. yeah do you think that's an outdated concept do you think it's becoming more outdated it seems like the younger generation gets it more um I don't know I hope so. or maybe like they're just not as far into the bullshit yet well, like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> with work work culture for example it seems like a lot of people are waking up to oh yeah. um yeah being sacrificing all sacrificing for an employer that you know you're corporate culture totally yeah. dispensable to well yeah. i definitely think there's an, an energy shift in work culture definitely mm -hmm. and that especially with covid that shifted a lot of yeah um, and that's empowering. Yeah, it is very empowering mm -hmm. because less and less people are putting up with the bullshit that corporate jobs put us through. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe they were there, though, to help those individuals like many of us in this room uh, to find their what their limit is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm sure without that, you know, we may be in a very different place right now. I don't think we would appreciate as much the freedom we have currently yeah. had we not been in those other situations, the opposite. I mean, it's very freeing. O owning your own business, yeah, it has a lot of things here and there that you have to deal with, but uh, ultimately there's this sense of freedom that is just unbelievably beautiful about it. And um, I don't think I would have had that level of appreciation had I not started in the corporate world and finance and doing all of those things and running companies and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I could definitely say that there is a certain level of understanding when you do work those type of jobs um, that can be beneficial on finding your own limits with it. Yeah, it took me, you know, um, not, not having a... a you know, 50 to 60 hour job a week um, 
and and you know receiving 401k and health benefits and you know uh, direct deposit and all that it took me not having any of those things to understand how much they even meant to me if anything now i mean i'm mm-hmm. i don't i don't have you know half of that now but i'm you know a million times happier than i ever was back when i did have them yeah and i think it's you know the idea i work a lot uh, with um, my clients on is you know that just because you are choosing something for yourself doesn't mean that it's also to the detriment of others because that's the other side of that idea like oh we have to do everything for everybody else then the idea is is that because if we don't those people are going to suffer right and you know part of it is we have to do everything for everybody else so we can be seen as an appropriate person Mm. who is you know that self-sacrificing is the appropriate thing you know then who are you really doing it for right you're doing it for yourself (laughs) yeah you're doing it for love and for acceptance and and for your own ego and you know sometimes i think it's also in an in an effort to control other people and control outcomes and um but just you know recognizing when people when i have people in here who are in a journeying session and i say okay you know what feels true like what if you were to not do anything in this situation and let this person go on you know, this person that we're talking about, what if you were to not help them? What's the reality of what would happen? That the weight of the world isn't on your shoulders. If that person needs something, then the universe is looking out for them too, and they will be resourced in some way if they need to. But there's also the opportunity to let people in your life blossom, you know, to let them grow, to let them rise to their own occasions. Mm-hmm. you know from time to time so that they can learn their lessons so that they can be empowered that it's actually very disempowering to other people for you to insert yourself for you to take their lessons for you to insert your own energy into something and you know that goes with work situations as well working on teams or groups you know on projects like if you're the one that's always taking care of everything and organizing everything what if you were to just not do that and to let people be accountable for their own workload, you know, or figuring out, you know, how my child, you know, they need to get gas money. What's the, what if I were to not offer them up that $20 to to put gas in their tank? Because, you know, when I was in high school, that would fill my gas tank. Yeah, and sure. now it's like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm realizing that in the moment. Except, you know, gas is like twice what it was <laughs> yes, then. You know? Yeah. It, it wouldn't even do anything for it us now. It was 99 cents a gallon <laughs> exactly. when I graduated yeah. high school. 99 cents a gallon. We used to we used to pay for <laughs> a tank of gas and change. Yes, You know, and uh, those days yeah. are long gone. Long gone. But what if you were to say, okay, I understand that you need... for gas, how are you going to, what are some ideas, you know, what, it doesn't have to be like you're pushing them off a ledge, it can just be like, okay, well, what resources do you have besides me, you know, hand, making it super easy for you, just handing you my resources, my energy, my money, whatever it is. Well, in a sense, you're also empowering them. Exactly, yeah. Teaching them how to empower themselves. Sure, I mean, that's the ultimate idea. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and that you know we have this idea too when i'm working with cord with energy cords with with people um and this is men and women too like it's okay what who are you hooked into and why right you may think that this is an altruistic thing like oh no i'm tapped into them my you know because i'm helping them this person needs my help but how that judgment of the fact that they need your help really look at that you know do they actually need my help like in an ideal world i you know feel at this point in my life like i'm coming into this realization like okay if i have my bubble and everyone else around me has their bubble and we're not feeding each other that we can be in each other's lives and be you know like drops of water bouncing around together but we don't have to you know inflate and deflate each other right we can just kind of be around each other and and hold space together and commune together on an equal level without always having to dip in to each other's energy reserves and so what if what if you weren't sending your energy to anybody else what if you weren't siphoning energy off of anybody else like how could they heal themselves up how could they you know get their their own empowerment going i think that that is a really healthy thing we have this idea that oh i know i need most people feel like especially if it's a partner no i need to have this like Mm. energy connection with them it's always the hardest with clients especially when it's like a very big emotional imbalance Mm -hmm. between them i come across that a lot too with my shamanic work is like clients really afraid to break that cord between yeah. them that energy cord i was just going to mention that the, the light spectrum shamanism we, you have that section in there uh, about people having cords connected to past loved ones mm-hmm. and that you know then then you have to explain to them that it's okay to remove these you know because they're not beneficial and that new beneficial ones can be made yeah and a lot of them especially if that person has passed on and they're still holding on to these energy cords, you know, they're scared to release it because they feel like that's the only connection that they can have with them. They continue just holding on to this for the rest of their lives, thinking that this imbalance is the only connection that they can keep with it. But that's not true. Um, We always connect with one another with our hearts, our heart space. And um, it will always be able to be accessed through there because that's our divine essence. We don't have to hold on to these cords and really these cords are just holding on to that energy imbalance between each other and how much of that is enabling other people how much are we trying to just hold those burdens for people yeah even children i tell moms all the time i'm like you know i love my four-year-old but man i need my spice (laughs) 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 this is like as someone who didn't have a child till 37 i am very aware of what it's like to maintain my own energy and space (laughs) and sometimes you know it can be really intense to have this little one just, you know, in it all the time and the amount of energy that she requires of me. Because if I'm not giving it to her, she's going to pull it from me in any way that she <laughs> possibly can. Like that kind of comes back to value again. I mean, yeah. valuing yourself, you know, and it's yeah. not denying the value of your right. child or denying the value of your loved one. Um, but, you know, uh, like Kelly said, is um, that that connection can be unhealthy in in some in some forms and you know especially with the past loved ones you know uh, a lot of people have that predisposition that um, 
that mourning is somehow uh, a punishment, that somehow it's, uh, it, it is something to be seen as a negative. It's something that, you know, um, it, it is a wound that's there that's always going to be there and that you always are going to feel sad or drained or connected and, and that's just not the truth, you know, but I think, I think when we get wounded like that or we get in a situation where we have especially with family or someone that we're deeply connected to, I think you just kind of generally fall into those patterns um, and it's difficult to find a perspective out of it. That actually reminds me of um, in my culture where I'm from in Montenegro, uh, when a spouse passes, usually when, when the husband passes, the wife will oftentimes wear black for the rest of her life that could be decades and that's often seen as like oh she must be really pious you know that's that's seen as a positive thing but now i'm thinking wow they're just like they have that energetic cord to them and maybe there's a bit of ego in there like they want to be seen as as you know this person in mourning for the rest of their life that every time you see them walking the market wearing all black you're reminded oh yes she's in mourning well, it, I need to be a certain way towards see, that. that makes me think of Gone with the Wind. Am I the only one from the South? No, <laughs> no Jeez. sorry. I had that entire three-hour movie <laughs> memorized by four. Like, <laughs> that's, no, it's like very great. I can quote all of Harry Potter, but tell me oh. the same. I'm <laughs> all about the old movies, man. I, I was going to say that, that that's a very old tradition. And, yes. and it is very... Uh, Some parts of Italy still do that. far Greece. over, all over the world. And yep. And I think a lot of it has to do with the, the consciousness level that uh, when those traditions started, uh, a lot of the times we're seeing civilizations that were uh, within a, a caste system. Mm-hmm. And so um, many of those who lost their husbands, they, they, that was their, their one shot. You know, they, they'd never marry again. So in a way, it was almost to honor them and that relationship and, and to keep their, their hierarchy of status. Um, publicly since they're no longer escorted you know by a husband um, but yeah I mean that's being not a being in that system now <laughs> makes that yeah look really a little, s- yeah. suffrage yeah <laughs> yeah yeah my grandmother still wears all black over 10 years after my grandfather passed but she's very much that type of personality <laughs> well and it was very much like after um my mom had passed like i had to cut off a lot of family members for just continuing the spiral as if it just happened for years and um it just got too much for me at that time because it was like you know i was trying to work through my own grief and to have someone constantly bringing it up constantly spiraling down that grief and not moving forward at all while i'm trying to move forward was very difficult for me so i had to you know, cut them off for a while and just be like, you know, change my number, don't talk to them, um, turn off all social media just so I didn't have to see that part. Um, And for me, it ultimately came down to, you know, we have this whole idea of, you know, love without conditions. Mm -hmm. And um, in my opinion, my love is very conditional. And I can love you unconditionally from a distance. I don't have to have you in my life. I don't have to constantly be giving myself to you if it isn't beneficial for me. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that I wouldn't be there for people if they needed me in a sense of, you know, if it was needed. 
Um, and it comes back to also like how many of us do things in a self-sacrifice kind of way where we're constantly pouring from an empty cup to other people, but we're not taking care of ourselves. And we're under that mindset of love without conditions and that we need to be these people. And how much are we enabling these people to where they can't grow for themselves? And understanding the balance between the two, um, understanding the balance of is this situation something that is enabling them or is this a situation where they absolutely need my care and love yeah. and understanding? Well, I, think, I think that there's unconditional love, but there's also presence. Like I tell, Boundaries. you know, Aurora, yeah. like I tell her, you know, mommy loves you unconditionally. There's nothing you could do, possibly do, that would make me not love you anymore. But I swear to all that's holy, if you pinch me one more freaking time, <laughs> you will not have my presence. <laughs> like, I will walk out of this room so fast, like, because you still have to treat me in a way that I, you know, I, I teach her hurt people, hurt people. That's her new thing that she'll say a lot of times, mm -hmm. you know. So when she's, and, and thankfully that's reinforced by a lot of her cartoons on Disney right now, <laughs> that whole idea. So that's what she's learning is when, she, you know, that she needs to love people the way that they want to be loved. That just because her love language is hitting and pinching and punching and playing rough, you know. Well, and that's very much has is, to do with, like, touch. You yeah, know? yeah, but she's, God, she's aggressive. <laughs> so it's like, okay. <laughs> Look who her mother is. I mean, is. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> true. So she's really, so we keep telling her, you know, what are, I understand that you're trying to show me love right now. And that what you're trying to communicate to me is that you love me. But what are things that you could do that would make mommy feel loved? Like, you know, that it's not about how you want to express it. It's about how I need to receive it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the essence of setting boundaries. You know, yeah. I've set boundaries with various people in my life and, and just said, I understand that you find this. You know, my mom and I had a conversation about about things saying, you know, this this thing that she would do, like sending me um, lots of links and to articles or, you know, sending me forwards like on Facebook or Pinterest or email. Like, I mean, this is like a decades long thing that we've had. And I would always be like, I am so task oriented. This overwhelms me. There is no way I can look at all of these and then I feel bad. And then I just get, then I spiral into getting pissed at you because <laughs> you're overwhelming me and you should understand I'm too busy to look at all this. Like I have this whole entire dialogue over decades, like created over her just sending me things online. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and so we had a conversation about it about a year ago and I've, we've had multiple conversations. I don't remember over time how those went because we were both at varying levels of, of maturity at those times. But this last conversation we had about it, she said, well, I do it to show you that I'm thinking about you. And I do it because my mom, the way that we would connect, because she didn't have a super close relationship. My grandmother was a, was, um, a very, some would say cold, but very quiet person, very regal type, you know, to herself kind of a person. And the way that she would communicate with my mother was to cut out news articles out of the paper or out of magazines that and mail them to my mother mm. this is all pre-internet right mail them to my mother 
and then my mom would write back you know and send her articles like that was like their way mm. and you know snail mail's a little less overwhelming a lot less available <laughs> yes the whole whole other thing but you know it was finally coming to this of her not being defensive about me coming back at her for the way she was trying to love me Mm-hmm. and it wasn't me so instead of her seeing it as a rejection of how she was trying of her love and me seeing it as a complete obliteration of any request boundary that I was trying to set saying no this is making me feel attacked not loved at all you know and we finally were able to you know come to this like realization of where the other person was coming from and and she was able to say, okay, I understand that that does not make you feel loved, and that's against what I'm trying to do. So she, you know, has has definitely tampered it down, you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> to an acceptable. What I was talking about, though, with love with conditions, um, because you can unconditionally love anybody. Yeah. Um, there's people I've cut out of my life that I still love unconditionally, yes. and I hope the best for them. Doesn't necessarily mean that I need them in my life. And so when you love someone with conditions, it's creating boundaries with them and saying, this is where I stand in this. And this is how I need this relationship to play out so that I can feel like I'm loved too. And 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 boundaries are healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Like Priscilla was saying, you voiced how you needed to be loved by your mom because you want a good relationship with your mother you want a healthy relationship and she was open to that and she heard it because she wants the same thing Mm -hmm. and that's setting healthy boundaries and that's empowering for both people yeah instead of just stepping all over each other right and when that person actively chooses to constantly shit on those boundaries that's when you know it's just time to walk away yeah, I've done a lot of walk. I've done a lot. I'm Scorpio. I you're not abandoning <laughs> a lot of, you're not abandoning a lot of burning someone. bridges. Yeah, yeah you're not, not abandoning them you're just if you're choosing to walk away because of the yeah. fact that you've given them the choice and they made that choice for you. Right. It's interesting. I, I've, been, I've been waiting to say it and, and to not interrupt, but I was thinking, um, I, you know, I've, I've, I used to be, be part of the, the Messianic Church. So, uh, you know, that they, they study... Uh, it's like a, a Christian Jewish society. Um, so they they interpret, you know, or or they use utilize the entire Bible, so Old Testament and um, New Testament, and and so one thing that they do is they follow you know dietary restrictions and Sabbath restrictions, and that's something that comes up a lot um, when they're discussing their um, chosen form of of um, actionable faith to you know more secular or whatever whatever secular there you go um, uh, Christians is is that uh, you know that unconditional love doesn't mean there are no consequences mm-hmm. and right. um, so they're choosing to do this because they they believe that um, that the the boundaries that you know God has has set um, include these things and and that in order to sh- love Him or her or you know whatever your understanding is to love them the way that they are requesting is 
you know, to follow the guidelines that have been laid down previously. And so this whole time you guys were talking about <laughs> unconditional love and, and, you know, like, it doesn't mean that I don't love you, but you need to love me and, you know, show me love in the way that, that I need to receive it. And that's all I could think about. Like this whole time was, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> this is well, straight out of that ex example. Yeah. And, and that's what, that's where respect comes in because you may not, you know, my mom may not understand, my daughter may not understand why it's important for me to be loved in that way. It may not make logical sense to them. I could be being too sensitive or dramatic or, you know, all these things that the people in our lives may feel about our boundaries or feel about the way that we want to be loved. And, you know, respect is doing it anyway, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And it's, you know, respect comes from holding a relationship as sacred. Because if you didn't care, you know, if it was just anything you could just throw away, do this, do that, I do what I want with people, then, you know, or situations, then that's what's showing you, okay, that's not sacred to you then. Like, this is not yeah. something that you're willing to extend out of your own understanding to just, you know, respect me, but, and respect my boundaries and what I want. And, also remembering, guys, that you can change the way you want to be loved anytime you want to. Like, mm -hmm. that's another huge part of it. You know, as you learn and grow, you're figuring out who you are. As you become more empowered, then what love looks like to you is going to be different. Like Kelly said, you know, she has, you have to set boundaries. Sometimes people can't ride the whole ride with you your whole life, you know. Not everyone that starts off the journey and ends in the same place at the same time. Yeah, that's so I think it's okay yeah, to those. shift and change and, and to change who's in your life based on their capacity. That it's not an unloving thing to say, okay, clearly, you know, we've, we, what do we have the term? We've grown apart, you know, and this isn't a supportive uh, situation for me now where I'm at this isn't feeding me uh, I talk a lot about with uh, my daughter with that mm. like what's feeding you today you know what is it that's making you feel strong today what is it that's making you feel not strong you know so do you need those things that aren't making you feel strong anymore probably not well that's the thing that we were talking about earlier is the 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 spectrum there of self-worth and and that goes along uh, with boundaries as well as you know your boundaries are always going to be tested um, and you may feel that you have a different relationship with the boundary that you may have once set uh, whether that needs to be lax or or um, you know tightened up on um, so I think we're continuously going through this ebb and flow of of testing boundaries on both sides from all different aspects um, but yeah, like you said, we're, you know, we're still learning too. Boundaries aren't necessarily the end all be all. And what comes to mind to me also um, is like, I remember a client once um, talking about the whole unconditional love and um, like self-sacrifice and also just um, pouring from an empty cup type of thing and the situation 
you know, she talked about is how, you know, she has no other choice but to be a caregiver to a family member for her. And it is draining for her. And she just feels like that's all she does now is just sacrifice her entire life for this person because they do not have the capability to care for themselves anymore. And obviously, there's going to be situational things where you are you have no other choice and you know you might be in a situation where someone fully relies on you and has no other choice but to rely on you and you have to take on that responsibility but that still doesn't necessarily mean that you aren't the most important person in your life do what you need to to be able to hold a life that is still fulfilling for you while still taking on this obligation i know when um before my mom had passed, there was a lot of stuff coming up where she needed a place to live because her mental health was just at a point where she wasn't able to work consistently, take care of herself, things like that, um, and just leaving an abusive relationship and fleeing in the middle of the night and stuff like that. And um, I remember, you know, my siblings were just like, no, no, we're not taking mom in. And I was like, okay, I'm the one to answer the call. And it was definitely a big struggle because of the fact that, you know, I had spent my, all of my teen and 20-something-year-old life basically hating my mom and couldn't stand being around her, let alone, like, visiting her on Christmas or anything else. It was, it was torture. And um, to have her then living with me and me having to drive her places because she didn't have a car, she didn't have a job, didn't have anything. Um, was very challenging for the first year and it was very draining and it it seemed like a burden because I was like why did I take on this agreement to like do this like <laughs> you know why why would I do this to myself like she could have gone to her mom or somebody um, but over time you know I realized that I needed to separate myself from my mom I didn't need to carry that burden and take it as a burden, even though it seemed at the time that it was a very big burden. Um, and I didn't need to be her savior, and I didn't need to change her. I didn't need to do anything, and I needed to accept where she was at and um, continue to live my life and detach myself from that, but still hold that space for her, for her to be able to heal and grow. And when I finally got to that realization and stopped trying to be her, her savior, her burden savior, mm-hmm. um, she did start gaining that independence she needed. She started um, doing things on her own, and I noticed a very big shift in her mental health. And it was beautiful to see how much she had changed just from holding space for her and providing a nurturing environment for her um, to where she can be able to do that on her own. And so that was me making that choice of that boundary of saying, you know, I don't need to carry this. I don't need to be her savior and accepting that. And so there are ways to still love someone unconditionally with conditions and be able to set boundaries with them so that you can live in harmony if there is no other choice with that. So it's not necessarily that, you know, you have to be 
self-sacrificing and not live your life just because now you have new situations in your life coming through that you weren't able to say no to. Well, that uh, kind of mirrors, uh, you know, your experience on on the opposite side of the spectrum as uh, Priscilla's experience as well. You know, that's a a little dirty trick that the universe plays um, where your parents become uh, the children and you become the parent, you know, at at a certain point. And um, thanks for sharing that. That was nice. That was it's great. nice because I, I, I found myself in a similar situation a number of times. Um, and yeah, there's even though it's difficult. Um, I think the lessons learned uh, are invaluable, and that's. Um, yeah, that's another thing. Um, finding your self worth is and uh, having that that boundary being tested and um, knowing uh, how to find your empowerment. Um, a lot of times, those are the circumstances that are thrust upon you, uh, whether you think you you want them or are ready for them or not. Uh, ultimately are there to help you level up to get that understanding. Well, I think also with um, just claiming your power, um, it's no longer giving yourself away to situations and people and things like that because of the fact that you create these boundaries and you hold on to them. And... um, I I note, especially with doing a lot of spiritual work, I'll get tested by spirit, like how how firm are you with holding your power now? And I will see these like random tests coming up randomly where it's like, here's an opportunity for you to give away your power. Are you going to hold it or are you going to give it away? And I start to recognize it now that Mm. I've been working a lot this last year on reclaiming my power and not giving it away to people so easily. And then I'm finding I'm kind of becoming a little aggressive and assertive and <laughs> all sorts of stuff that I'm not normally that way. I'm usually just kind of like, oh, okay, we'll just not do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's it's also recognizing that love and power are two different energies. You know, we're talking about, um, you know, loving someone and that, that heart-based energy is one thing, but we're talking about like solar plexus kind of energy. You know, we're talking about like, life force energy and and that people can have have your love it's not draining to love someone too much it's draining to give your power away to somebody too much absolutely and so you know i don't think that it has you know that we've talked about doesn't have anything to do with how much you love them that that's a whole different thing we're talking about like that vital life force energy what what fills you what empowers you what pushes you forward and um that's what we're talking about managing is your your confidence we've used another Mm. word that you've used a few times you know your confidence and we know you know it, it can be hard to define like what it feels like to be empowered but we know when we are like you know those moments where you feel really strong and centered and you have that gut instinct i did the right thing you know 
Yeah. And same thing when you feel disempowered, you feel weak, you feel tired. You feel nauseous. You, yeah. you feel a little disappointed sometimes when you yeah. give it away, when you give your power away. Yeah, you recognize, yeah. you recognize. And so there's always, I talk to my clients a lot about doing those gut checks, you know, what feels, what actually feels true. And so asking if, if I were to do this, you know, and, and I were to get this outcome, does that feel really true? You know, does, what if I were to try this instead? And same thing with the cords, like, who am I feeding? You know, if I have someone who's, does my child really need, you know, especially when we're talking about adult children and things like that, like, does your child really need for you to be connected into them? You know, is that more about you than them? Yeah. And there's that idea about, you know, the codependency. We have this this um, concept that codependent people are actually, you know, victimized in some way. And a lot of times I just end up seeing that relationship spiritually, seeing it very different where it's kind of like them inserting themselves because they don't trust that person or they don't trust life in general or, or whatever. It's, it's taking the focus off of themselves, which is what would actually be empowering and putting their focus on other things and other people. Cause of what if, I put all of my energy into this person and this person decides to do the wrong thing. They take my energy with me, but then it's not my fault, right? Because they made the decision. I didn't make the decision. Yeah, and it's also not an equal exchange of power. One of the first things we learned um, in Reiki or any sort of energy healing is that you don't really want to be in somebody's energy field, right? You don't really want to mix your energies. You want to keep your energy to yourself and their energy to themselves. So it seems like whenever you're kind of micromanaging somebody else's energy or power, whatever you want to call it, you're not, like you said, letting them live fully in their power and learn their own lessons that they need to. It might feel like maybe you're taking their burden, you know, taking on some of their troubles, but in the end, it's it doesn't serve you or them. And some people may enjoy that sort of lack of responsibility. It may serve them to kind of take some of that responsibility off of their shoulders. But that's just temporary. not... That's yeah. temporary. Yeah, that's yeah they're not they going to advance. That's what they think. Yeah. Because they're benefiting from because it. Because they don't know what it feels like to actually be empowered. So they wouldn't know the difference between, you know, being comfortable, being disempowered and... And actually feeling your own power. Yeah. Yeah. And and you may be sacrificing some of yourself by doing all of that for them. And like I said, yeah, it's just not an equal exchange of power. It's not good for either party. Yeah. I I personally practiced before I was uh, more knowledgeable um, from what in classically is called a death eater, not from the Harry Potter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> understanding of what of what it is uh they actually got that term from uh the practice that you is is more uh, more related to if you've seen the green mile mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. it's actually Good taking one. in and releasing um you know a, a negativity a blockage a, a malignant a, energy yeah, malignant or disease um and i i've had it very early on I had it manifest in me physically that I and I'm I still deal with it today it was something that that I 
energetically took on and um yeah and, and you're I was, still I'm stuck with it yeah really yeah. you still can't clear it well I let's just say I learned my lesson very well <laughs> it, it it when it happened I didn't know um what I was doing and it took me years to even realize what had happened and so you know it's probably gonna take some time to fully remove that um, it's well on its way now that I know better but yeah nonetheless so keep your energy to yourself yeah <laughs> now that is an agreement that I made that wasn't from just doing Reiki or from a healing or anything that was that was intentional it was intentional right. before I knew uh, what what could actually happen um, but yeah but yeah we intentionally create these cords and these bonds and you know especially like we we're talking about somebody who's who's passed on we think that if we break those bonds we lose that connection we lose those memories and that's just not true you know we're, we're letting them go with grace and and it's no longer kind of siphoning a little bit of that energy from us that's how i see it as like a cord attached to your solar plexus to the other person and mm -hmm. you know there's it's kind of a parasitic relationship is how it seems to me that's how i see it at least in my mind's eye not not that that person is trying to steal your energy but that just it's, they could, it's not but they, they could yeah. yeah but it is most it is of the time they're probably not even aware that no. yeah, right that's even there i think unless they intentionally practice things like that it's right. typically something they're aware of but you know nothing really attaches to you or anything like that typically without your permission yeah right. we so. often give permission yeah, even some part of us does. That's right. how I'll frame it. Exactly. I think it's easier for clients, you know, of mine to, to grasp. Because if you say, well, you you agreed to be treated like shit, you know, right. like no that kind of doesn't that. fit, <laughs> right? No. <laughs> and sure. instead be like, well, what if we say like, oh, but your inner child agreed that, you know. And so it's because it, that is the truth. It is parts of us, you know, yeah. that, well, that can come in those agreements. And those attachments can go anywhere. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of the clearing that I do with people is saying you know if you true empowerment is starts with awareness right that's mm -hmm. the number one thing if you want to be empowered then you need to create an awareness of of your energy other people's energy where it's going and even if you don't feel like you can read energy where are your thoughts going intention that's, yeah, yeah your thoughts how much in, how much thought we have that idea in our culture too right how much, you know, I put so much thought into that. Mm -hmm. That's power, that's intention, that's energy, right? So where are your thoughts going? That's where you're sending your power. Where are your feelings? Feelings are far more powerful than thought, mm -hmm. right? They, they carry a heavier stream of energy. What, where are your feelings going? Where is your anger going? Where's your resentment going? Where mm. is, you know, where is your one. joy, your love, like your hopefulness, like any, any emotion at all? Where is that going in time and space? This doesn't have to be to a person. It could be to a memory. It could be, you know, to an idea. It could be to a dream that you have, something that you're wanting to come in the future. That, um, you know, that's where your energy is going. So even if you don't see energy or like know where my energy is going, that those are your clues, you know, in your physical body. What, what comes up? Think about something or someone where do you feel that pull? 
you know, in your body? Where do you feel like a little bit extra weight, a little something happening in your body? That's your clue. Okay, well, they're probably connected here. So if someone is, oftentimes people envision their partner as being connected to their heart. And I think a lot of times that's true. And I think other times it's also that we think that's where they're supposed to be. So we feel like, no, it has to be in my heart, you know. And even if it's your romantic partner, your life partner, your child, whoever, your parent, you know, do they really need to be in your heart? Is that really the energy? You know, if you are going to maintain a connection, is that the best place? You know, sometimes for partners, it's saying, well, they're just taking so, you know, I feel like I'm giving so much or they're taking so much. The exchange is too intense. Then a lot of times I'll say, put them on a ring on your finger. Imagine that connection being the, your wedding ring on your finger instead. Mm, I like that. And so that's the, you're changing that energy from I'm giving all of my love energy, all of my heart energy to this person to I have, you know, I carry them with me. I have this symbol of our partnership, yeah. you know, our commitment. That's the energy I'm giving them is that. So you can always pick what energy you're giving, where it's coming from your body. You can put people on your big toe. You can have them a few inches outside <laughs> of your body. A lot of people go on this toe, just so you're aware. Okay, like, <laughs> toe is a good spot. <laughs> but you can put them, you know, a few inches outside of your body and your aura. doesn't, they don't, you know, and you can test things out. That's what I always encourage people to do too. Just go in this meditation, use your imagination, which is your divine sight, right? And say, okay, if I were to change this and what, you know, if it does it feel better on my on my ear or does it feel better on my solar plexus does it feel okay in my heart does it feel better on my wrist like whatever it is like to play around with it that reminds me of something that you have brought up before and that's um to envision the person uh as a child or yeah. how you would speak to a child so i, I kind of feel like that that's this is kind of similar to that as well uh, but not seeing them as a child but rather yourself so how is this energy that you're giving this person or this core that is attached is this is this something that you would find beneficial if someone had done it for you Mm -hmm. Um, and i think a, a lot of times that we're gonna say no because we we were gonna say well i wouldn't want them to do that right you know and we find people who are uh, about to transition you know from this world um you know what are their final wishes you know they're many of the times they they want you to you know move on you know don't let you know their their passing be a hindrance um you know go find love or you know go find search your your for your dreams or or something of that kind and i think you know that also translates to a smaller scale of of what we can expect our attachments uh to be catered to or not um to those around us yeah i had a client last week and one of the things that came up you know she felt like she was taking on so much that she was so so abandoned is the word that she kept using and I was like well what are you feeling in your body what what emotion comes up with this and it was all abandonment I'm alone I'm alone in this field of wheat you know I'm alone and um 
That's yeah. abundance, man. Cut that down. Well, that's yeah. what I said. Instead of all the things you could be stuck in, wheat's exactly. a good spot. We did have that whole that discussion. That was currency. Yeah, yeah that we yeah, had that whole discussion it's there. It's a re- well, re- wheat is a resource, right? That's yeah. on hundreds of coats yeah. of arms, you know. Yeah, it's a resource. History. It's a good thing to be alone with wheat. But it's Sorry. also golden, mm-hmm. which a lot of people associate with personal power is golden light or yellow light. But yeah, so she just felt, you know, that she was just drained, that she was abandoned, and she does everything for everybody else, but she never, you know, gets that reciprocated, you know, is is the thing that she embarrassingly blurted out <laughs> in this moment. I could tell she instantly was like, oh, you know, oh gosh, I yeah, I said too much. And and I said, well, no, you know, what, it, what I was channeling through for her, um, you know, is like, what if the part of you that feels like she's sacrificing herself for others in search of love and acceptance, you know, from these people, what if she's being abandoned and let down by herself in that sacrifice, you know, that if we, if she's not showing up for herself first, then how is she setting the example or sending the message to others that she needs them to show up for her Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, we show others how we want to be treated yeah exactly and so she's like unconsciously she's thinking no i'm being this good person and and people will say and i said well is the message that you really want to send to people no i am i am sacrificing all of this for you so that you will sacrifice yourself for me she goes oh no i was like right you wouldn't you wouldn't ask anyone in your life to sacrifice themselves for you so so, you know, switching that mindset of saying, okay, I am in, in this, I am not modeling what the way I want to be loved. I'm also not modeling for the people I care about in, in my life what love and self-love is and how to be loved properly, right? I think if you shift that perspective too, then maybe you'll find yourself doing those same things, but for your own benefit, not necessarily someone else. Right. There's the intention has yeah. to be cleared. It's not necessarily your actions have to change. It's the energy behind them, the intention, like mm-hmm. really asking, is this my ego that's doing this? Is this my identity that I need to be the self-sacrificing person? Because if I'm not this person, who am I and what is, what is my worth? Right. Or, you know, and and I and I asked her, too, I said, if if like what Matt was saying, I said, you know, if you were to say, okay, I'm done sacrificing and just envisioning you taking all of these things um, that you've been holding for all of these people. I said, picture them all around you. Take all of this stuff, all these boxes, whatever it shows up for you, packages. Wheat. Whatever. (laughs) Hand it back to them right now. Imagine them taking it. What is their reaction? And she said, oh, they're so happy for me. Yeah. Oh, I, said, I didn't yeah. know I dropped that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were so happy for her. Mm-hmm. I said, because look at how do you feel now? She's like, oh, I feel lighter. I feel more like myself. I said, yeah, look how happy they are to take their shit back. <laughs> you know, yeah. did you steal that shit from them? You know, or did they, you know, did they not know any better and they handed it to you? Like taking away the idea that it's this malicious, like victim and, and you know, attack kind of a thing and say, no, like, okay, well, neither of us knew any better in this situation, you know, that those are possibilities too, that right. I think some, sometimes the most painful things are the, are a result of being mindless, you mm-hmm. know, the mindless things, the things that we don't put thought and intention behind, 
tend to be the most painful things for other people in our lives. We get stuck in them. You know, something that comes up all the time is shifting from, uh, you know, the big one is shifting from uh, lack to abundance, uh, a sense of lack or feeling of lack to abundance. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, abundance can take on many different forms and so can lack. So they're really good terms to focus on because you can use them for so many different um, examples uh, and and uh, man it it's it's powerful it's not easy you know right. you, you can't just say oh I'm gonna shift from lack to abundance you know it's <laughs> not <laughs> it's not that easy I there are you know, a thousand different ways to go about it but that's definitely a reoccurring theme uh, especially for me personally um, but I I'm sure it's quite universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. that story you just told reminds me, um, and also the chords that we were talking about earlier, reminds me of a practice that I like to do. I call energetic pruning. <laughs> At the end of the day, I don't do this every day. I probably should for my spiritual hygiene. But I imagine garden shears or scissors, depending on how big the cord is, <laughs> and just going around my energy field and just snipping, snipping all the cords. Doesn't matter where they are. I just imagine they're everywhere. Honestly, mm-hmm. I imagine that they they're are. growing out like tentacles. Yeah, and they're of varying sizes. They're sometimes little strings. Sometimes they're just these giant thick branches. Usually, in my throat chakra for some reason, and I have to really, really work at cutting them away. And I don't think about where they go back to. I just send them back with love and gratitude and just let it be done. I don't think that, oh, this belongs to so-and-so. This was that interaction that I had where I didn't speak up for myself or whatever, what have you. I just cut them off, send them away, and then just sit in my own energy. And that's one thing you can do to, you know, reclaim your own personal power. Mm -hmm. If you feel like your power has been kind of muddied up with um, other people's or interactions or maybe not just standing in your own power. It's yeah, something that yeah. uh, it's interesting that you, you know, envision garden shears because that's. Do you too? Well, no. It's it's that <laughs> that technique is is um, the same technique that you would use in like uh, with a with a bonsai tree. That's literally what I was thinking about. I love bonsais. <laughs> and, and yes, and yeah. think of the care that goes into pruning a bonsai. I mean, it takes years for for bonsais to grow the size that they do. And it, and it yeah, and it's, care. It's not a. Y- there's this stigma of you know trimming it um, a certain way is going to you know cause detriment to it, but it's not about that. It's about envisioning you know the the, the entity, the tree as a whole, mm-hmm. and then shaping it to fulfill that whole. It yeah, has to nothing it to do with beautiful. what you're clipping. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So I was thinking, you know just clipping away those those you know cords or whatever and sometimes yeah. we may think oh cutting it's gonna hurt it right right or, I, I don't i don't want to cut it it took so long to grow this yeah but it's not about that it's right? not about it's that not about no that. and it makes it makes way for new growth for healthy growth anyway you know usually you get a, a boom of of healthy growth after you prune right your energy yeah and and i think you know like you said it's not attaching to cuz if it's something that needs to be in your awareness it will come into your awareness right you don't have to search for meaning and absolutely everything sometimes you can just let stuff go you can just say okay my intention anything that's willing to you know effortlessly fall away in this moment 
I allow that to happen? You know, if there's anything that needs my awareness right now, that it can come forward. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a lot. We give our power away too much to the idea that we need to understand everything in life. I think as a collective, we're kind of shifting out of that, mm-hmm. you know, of that need to know. We need to know what our pain is so that we can heal it. We need huh. to validate, you know. And and so when I do something similar to that too, I, I ask the cords to be released, everything to be sent off to its own time and space. And then I draw my energy. Like I see like the, the cords going back into me my own energy being like drawn back into you know what my body. I see the little nubs that are left I it's kind of <laughs> gross see I see golden threads and light I see them <laughs> like dry I see them dry and fall off kind of like a umbilical cord yeah yeah like the little nub that's left you know it kind of dries and falls off oh, and I then know. and then I'm just full of my own energy full of my own shit well, yeah. I usually <laughs> see it more like catching fire and like just burning to all ends, like till it's completely burnt out through both sides of the people. Yeah, so I always see it as something catching fire whenever I'm releasing them. Maybe oh it's man. just like an I obsession g- with fire. I don't know. I, I have, li- I have <laughs> major like uh, I don't know if you've ever played Dead Space. No, <laughs> I don't think so. It's an old video game, but it has there's like aliens who are taking over human bodies or something anyway there's there i see what i see is very uh similar to to that um and it's like a it's like a tentacle but it's not you know like how you would normally think of a tentacle it's more like a an umbilical cord Mm -hmm. um but with like this weird almost kind of like avatar uh, almost yeah yeah it looks like I that picture that a lot only only at the at the end is like uh, uh if you've ever seen a squid's beak mm, yes it's yeah. really weird yeah okay. it's that's like that's it's how it gets into you i don't know that's it's how it gets really into weird. you yeah right so, okay so that's, that's the anchor right do you know where it comes from or do you not even go there uh, it's gonna vary mm-hmm. yeah i mean i don't know where what would I'm here for it and what is <laughs> I'm just You're envisioning trying. the squid beak and it's it's pretty gnarly well I mean you say you say it like oh, we're all talking about you know we envision the cores but I mean mm-hmm. there's there's multiples of them they're yeah, always yeah. interchanging so I yeah, well, yeah I, I don't I don't even follow one them place. I think the cords that we're talking about and the cords he's talking about are a little different yeah, that's true that's yeah true. I'm, I, I'm thinking of He's a going conscious into, thing. He's going into entities, That's and we're like, oh, I'm a loser, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> it's like two different things. Okay, well, the kind of chords, yeah. I, Shadow I, workers again, over here are like, yeah. so entities. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well then, the, the, yeah, the pleasant chords, if you want to talk about the pleasant ones, yeah, it's a it's a Your, your run-of-the-mill, everyday chords. <laughs> it's, a, it's a strand, a golden strand. Well, yeah. Oh, golden. It's an, oh, golden. Well. That's what I see as golden strands. I see them or energetic. Well, and I ask or people like too. See? Like sometimes the, it looks the, like a. Sometimes it can look like a rope. I've had people come up with all kinds of different. Yeah, and yeah. usually like the way it comes to you is a symbol for the type of energy. So I always ask, oh, is it tattered or is it strong? You mm-hmm. know, is it thick or is it thin? Is it made of like metal or is it made out of like yeah, you know dense rope or light? Yeah, mm-hmm. it kind of changes. Like that's a signal to you what type of energy it is, right? And, and that you can change it 
however you want. Right? Which is so. why I mentioned the weird beak thing because <laughs> that's the most common one that I deal with is because those are the negative ones, right? Like I don't touch the gold strings, you know, like they're not the issue right now. If you <laughs> if you have some weird beak looking yeah. black cord, <laughs> we're gonna clear that, that first. <laughs> well, and I think um, because kind of similar to what you're talking about, but it's more so like when I'm seeing like an energy imbalance cord is what I would really consider them to be, where one person's kind of pulling energy from another person. Yeah. Um, the, the, the parasitic ones, not yeah, the, yeah. I see it more as like kind of like an umbilical cord that connects to them but at the end it looks like a little anchor like but like anchors you would like shoot off into like mountains and something yes, is yeah, what yeah. i see it oh, as. like they use in spy movies to like get on a building exactly. you know it like opens up those that's are called kinda, something so those are called something yeah. Well, yeah i forget yeah. the name see, and that's yeah, that yeah, beak that's... thing like that, that little, <laughs> i know, see it it's like a cone. he's stuck on the funny beak. matt because you got so like you were almost sweating like you were just so <laughs> uncomfortable like, you're just, <laughs> well, just like i don't i have to watch what i say very carefully right now <laughs> don't talk about it so don't you can hear his thoughts all the way over here i know I totally well but, uh, okay yeah. Sorry how to put often you do you have to describe this to anyone exactly. in your life it's only because i know you and that's why you know. <laughs> well and with the golden cords because typically when i'm doing my shamanic work um when they are ready to release but they're hesitant to release it and we go ahead and burn those cords because i like to just imagine things burning and so i'll usually have them burn it in the blue violet flame purify by fire yes and um burning from all ends and then usually i'll send them off to journey to the seventh plane and when we're up there i have them call on the spirit of the person that they were afraid to remove that connection with and then i have them imagine a golden light connecting from their heart to that other person's heart and that light is weaving like a a um why is my brain not working not. infinity no not, not an infinity braiding braid there you go and um it's braiding golden light between the two people and it's forming a heart space connection that is of a higher plane so that they can still have that connection but it's not something that's parasitic between each other rooted in the positive yeah so a higher frequency type of connection and so although you know sometimes people want to use in different parts like using their finger or something like that um, it just, in my opinion, creates like a genuine heart space connection that they can have that's in a healthy way because it's working more in a higher frequency way and then using that as a way to connect. So I'm wondering if maybe that's like the golden ones you see, but maybe not. I think all of our intuition kind of works in ways yeah. that we don't normally yeah. well, I think other people see. I think it shows up golden because it's, you know, I'm supposed to recognize it as it's not something to worry about right now well like that's, i think that's of golden how like I feel. our you know i i always envision like our personal power as being a golden light you know yeah. as being a golden color and so if we're sending our power to other places that's why it looks golden you know in general. it's not just but gold and black i mean it's not something you get stuck on what right. it looks of, like of, or what it's yeah, made out color, of yeah yeah it just can be some type of indicator. right and the symbolism that we see it in is it's subjective yeah, and, but it true. can also clue you in, like you said, Priscilla, about yeah. what's going on with the client if you're working with a client. Yeah, 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 yeah. or even your own stuff. You mm -hmm. know. Well, and not everyone's intuition is going to be different, and so it's just however you are perceiving energy, anyway. So if 
long as you understand what that means for yourself and that's all that's needed yeah Yeah. and you don't have to be afraid of these chords i mean we're getting very detailed about it but uh, we're going a little too far yeah 99 (laughs) percent of the population is never (laughs) ever gonna see (laughs) or (laughs) have that sort of um shadow workers are making it awkward over here that's what it is is that what it is okay yeah thank you yeah. Do we so really want to go back into this? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we don't. Drop it. Yeah. So so kind of, you know, wrapping things up, when we talk about personal power and empowerment, you know, it also comes down to like, well, what's the point, right? What is why would we want to be empowered? What is the practical purpose for being empowered? You know? To live the life you want. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Because if you don't have that power source, if then how are you going to fuel all the things that you want to manifest? You know, if you aren't taking you know responsibility for yourself, for your energy, for your choices, your reactions, your intentions, your boundaries, all of the different things, yeah, that we've that we've talked about doing that self love, that empowerment, then you know you're just at the whim of everything around you, and what's what is the point in that? Well, and that's the key thing right there is, you know, how much of it is you just giving away your power to everything and not claiming it and not controlling it in a way that you can release it when it's ready to release and control it when it needs to be controlled. And it's about just claiming it. Yeah, it's a mastery. I think I liked that word that, that Anna used was mastery. Another word one of my mentors uses is sovereignty. Which kind of sits a little differently for me. I've kind of started adopting that I, yeah. that word of like, I, I, I am a sovereign. Earlier, yeah. yeah, I am a sovereign divine being. Like, yeah, that to me, that word immediately exudes that I have a right to be in, you know, to have my space, to have my boundaries, to have my desires, to have my own power. To me, that sovereignty is, is holding that space for I've myself. I've also heard fully embodied. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So- sovereign, sovereign uh, is something that uh, I've I've adopted uh, in in my own language of how I talk about myself or my practice or you know uh, existence or um, but not only that but in honoring others as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's something that I found when I was studying higher forms of magic, and uh, it seems to be pretty universal term uh, and it's 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 powerful because you know uh, well a lot of magic forms are are about um, you know you're uh, invoking your own will so to speak so there's a lot of self-empowerment right. in that um, and the word sovereign comes up a lot um, since you're, you know, you, the strongest manifestation is always going to be that of which is unique to yourself and uh, without the influences from uh, any external devices. So anyway, I didn't need to go in that far into it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that is something, there's definitely a lot of stuff, you know, about creating you know manifesting creating spell work like all of that stuff falls into they're just different ways of going about it yeah yeah. i think yeah that's a a big part of why i think uh people turn to the occult um 
is because they they feel disempowered mm-hmm. um so they they're finding a practice where um uh you know organized religion has has not shown up for them in a way that they uh, feel empowered um so to to learn that there's another path you know that potentially they can uh draw new experiences from uh is enticing and uh you know i don't i don't talk about the occult or magic lightly um you know uh it's it's not for everyone obviously we've struggled with with um with its place in our world you know for all of history um but uh it, it can be the outlet to let you learn where those boundaries are um and and bring empowerment to you through knowledge or maybe even the the dispelling of fear yeah and that's what tools you know spiritual tools are meant to do is you know with we talk about plants animals crystals you know all of those different things it's it's all things that we are partnering with you know in their own power their own energy to help us move forward as well well good anybody else have anything they want to say about (laughs) about empowerment the purpose behind it so it's all about becoming, you know, we talked about embodiment. That's all about bringing more of your power into your human experience, right? It's not this divine experience. It's not creeping out of our bodies, floating up into the ethers all the time. You know, and embodiment is bringing that energy into our body and fully embracing all of our energy, all of our power so that we can be you know, our highest potential in this human experience so we can bring the divine and the human together. Just creating, using your own energy and actionable, uh, conscious. Yeah. Uh, A lot about consciousness, yeah. I think. Being conscious and aware and intentional is, is empowerment. Making and using actionable energy. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We will see you on the next episode. Bye. 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 Peace. All of the information shared on this podcast is for educational purposes only, based on personal experience. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any form of mental or physical illness. Please consult a medical professional before using any advice given during this podcast. Thank you, and blessed be.